0: Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to If We Can Just Say. I am your host, Stephen Ogle, and with me is always my lovely wife and co-host, Jessica Carter Ogle.
1: Your better half, some might say. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show.
0: Welcome to this week's edition of If We Can Just Say. woo
1: Coming at you live from the basement.
0: Live and in color. Well, and in an audio. Yeah. In audio, stereo. Audio color. Live and yeah, stereo. Very colorful. Yeah, very colorful. Well, not too colorful, we're, a, we're no. a, a PG podcast. Oh my
1: gosh, say it again, Josie. <laughs> oh. Does anyone know that expression? Is no. that even an expression? No, it's, it's something your
0: grandfather it's said. It's something my grandpa
1: said. used to say. I assume every kind of little whimsical thing he said was some sort of southern expression, and Steven said a couple since I've been with him, so <laughs> but I nothing never like know.
0: That. nothing like that. Yeah, so. I don't know what in Sam Hill you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, exactly,
1: that one, you guys have heard about that. <laughs> Oh, Woohoo! I'm tired today.
0: Yeah. Ah, well, you know, it's the end of the weekend. Got yeah. to get rid of your tiredness before you jump into Monday.
1: As we all know, I think the work um, play ratio of five to two days is the biggest bunch of bunk I've ever heard. Yeah, it's a and racket for yeah, sure. Yeah, it's totally a racket. Patriarchal society, all of this capitalism, all of this whatever.
0: In the UK, they're trying to pass four days work from home or four, yeah. four days work, three days off.
1: Yeah, four four days of 10. Yeah, Yeah, I'd totally
0: do it. Hell, Hell, I'd do three days of 12 pay me for 40 hours i'll do three 12 hour days and then give me four days off i'll You're do just that sitting
1: down here watching tv anyway hey, hey watch it i just saw a post that someone put on there about like you know those two days of rest aren't rest because you have to catch up on grocery shopping and cleaning your house and seeing friends and family that you not you haven't seen in a week or so and there's just no like downtime
0: I'm, I'm and a- i think
1: as as places are taking away some of the remote work that's going to get worse again for me like the work-life balance like when we lived in our apartment and we were both working in the office five days a week completely full time I was driving from me in Arbor a long drive it was like Saturday and Sunday morning we had to meal prep and clean the apartment and yeah. now that I'm working remotely like commute time is gone I have more time I can take my lunch hour and do something go to the grocery store I can put a load of laundry in during my work day it takes two seconds you know like it's just we've yeah. talked about this ad nauseum but yeah. It's just crazy that you work five days a week and then you get two quote unquote off.
0: yeah. and and i I personally like to be able to take my calls on speakerphone. Um, I like I like to be able to listen to my vinyl because I listen to music when I'm at work anyways. Yeah. I got noise cancelling headphones on anyways. That's been long before the pandemic. Uh, probably when I was in desktop support, it took like, I don't know. Uh, A couple months, and then I started wearing my headphones everywhere because I started working with Gary doing uh, cell phones, and Gary has a Bluetooth headset in at pretty much at all times, so I started having my headphones in and listening to music while I was doing stuff. So I've been listening to music, at least at Mala, forever. When I worked at Quest, that's all I did was listen to to music all day because I didn't want to talk to anybody because I just wanted to get my work done and go home. So that's what I do, but I like being able to work from home and put on my vinyl if I want to listen to vinyl instead about our head um, space yeah. work,
1: but it's just like our education system is not set up yeah. well it's set up horribly our work system is not set up I mean it and no one cares
0: and I also like to take my my meetings on speakerphone I don't like having a phone up to my head I don't li- I don't like talking on the phone period I'm one of those people that like would rather not talk on the phone I'd rather you just text me yeah I don't want to have a conversation. Um, I'm just not into it. I'd rather, I'd rather text outside of like a handful of people. Like I talked to Jared for the first time in like a month and we talked for an hour. No problem there. Like Jared's like one of my best friends. I can talk to Ricky. I can talk to my mom. Like no problem. Like, but like, just, I don't know. Yeah. Random things. Uh, Just, just text me. Yeah. There's, no need, there's no need to call.
1: Well, speaking of texting, we're moving into our What's New Ooh. segment of people who suck. You like people who text, but do you like them when they text and drive?
0: I'm going to tell you right now. And I'm going to tell you right that's, now. That's, that's a thing I've been saying a lot, lately. I'm going to tell you right now. Yeah,
1: I love the speeches.
0: Um, I absolutely loathe and hate and despise somebody that's texting while they're driving and or somebody that's got their phone held up to their face while they're on a phone conversation while driving, like it is a good thing for this world that I don't have superpowers because I would eliminate those people from the existence. I cannot stand them. You're driving a vehicle that's made of steel and plastic. You're weighing going tons. weighing tons, you're going 70-something miles an hour down an interstate, and you've got the phone up to your face and one hand on the wheel, and/ or you're texting while you're driving. Like if you hit somebody, you're going to kill yourself, maybe some other people, like you're going to cause a lot of damage. Like think of somebody other than yourself and put your stupid phone down and drive.
1: I think we noticed it especially because we drove to Tennessee oh. to Tennessee and back. We saw it a lot and I hate it. It's just so crazy to me. Like I guess Michigan's instituting more laws and catching people like on their phones and there's you know, I mean it was already illegal, so I'm fuzzy on what the new law is, but I guess they're cracking down on it. They're cracking down on it. Which is good. I mean we don't drive that many places as is, just from working remote, staying in our community area for the most part, but On the road to Tennessee and back. It was like, oh my gosh, get off your phone. Like, car's swerving. Yeah. what is going on?
0: There was a car full on next to us that I had to swerve off. Like, I was in the fast lane. The person was in the middle lane. I had to swerve almost off the road because they swerved into our lane. I was like, man, I... I seriously, I like. I want to get like I get road rage. I want to get out of my car and I want to drag them through their window and beat the crap out of them because I, I like. Th- it's just and there's no. It's, it's that same thing about people not acknowledging other people in their space.
1: I mean, the cars nowadays and for the last long time have at least had Bluetooth. Yes. If not the CarPlay and stuff, all the stuff is hands-free. I will say one complaint I have about the new cars is the screen versus buttons. Oh, Because I find the screen to be distracting. We When we test drove that WRX, the screen was the size of an iPad. I found it incredibly distracting. There was about a thousand options on there. I'm like, how is this safe? I can't text and drive, but I can be looking at a screen because I can't feel the buttons for where stuff is.
0: Yeah, like air conditioning? I got to go through a, I got to th- go through a tablet screen to find my air conditioning yeah, instead like, of just an actual button where I can reach down and feel it and turn while I'm staring at the road. I'm
1: concerned. I'm going to be getting a new car this year and I'm like I need to find something with buttons for heaven's sakes. It took me 6 months to find a toaster oven cuz I wanted one with knobs and not just one that's completely digital.
0: And and here's a here's a crazy thing for me that I think about. I I love the WRX, but I will not buy one that's all tablet that doesn't have air conditioning buttons. I won't do it. I'll stick with what I got. I'll write it to the end. I will not get a a tablet-run vehicle where I have to – figure out for uh, literally there's no buttons for your seat warmer seat cooler no, I know. there's no it's buttons like, for air conditioning it's all a tablet and that is com- so unsafe
1: so distracting
0: it's not good i not hate to, it not and to, i feel
1: like might as well let people text because what's the difference if they're looking at the screen to find their heat or they're looking at their phone to send a text there's no difference
0: i mean the screen's bigger than an ipad number one number two i can't imagine driving at night with all that light no too much light in the vehicle
1: Well, luckily, Subarus have a good value. They last a while, and yours will always be low on miles. So, Yeah,
0: yeah. I just got an oil change for it. I've had it for a year and a half. I finally finally crossed 5,500 miles after a year and a half and got an oil change. And it's so funny because they put a thing on there like you don't have to get an oil change until 11,000 miles and or November of this year. And I was like, there's no way I'm going into November. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) No way. No way. Just won't happen. But, you know, that's the thing. Like, we lease with you and we purchase with me. So it's all good. Uh, speaking of other things that uh, are uh, driving me a little bit insane. Uh, and therefore me. Is, uh, so some of you have known me for a long time and might remember in the year 2007, there was a writer's strike in 2007. And after that writer's strike, they signed a contract that lasted 15 years. And, well, it came up. This past week, that contract came up. They've been negotiating for six months. And there's some interesting things about the writer strike that people may not quite understand. And so I wanted to break it down a little bit because this will affect ongoing television, And not just, like, reality TV, but, like, scripted shows, episodic television. It's going to affect everything. Even even SNL is canceled for the rest of the year because they write stuff every week. I
1: think it's one of the biggest what's news in, like, what's going on in, like, entertainment today. And you've even had friends call you to ask you what exactly is going on because you're such, like, an entertainment nut that you, like, know about all of this. And, oh, I was going to say something else, and it totally left my brain
0: hopefully it comes oh yeah
1: it was about how like buzzfeed i mean buzzfeed is obviously crap but yeah buzzfeed posted an article and they were like um because of the writer's strike you know pete davidson's pete davidson like he's the only one on snl i guess that's all they have left pete davidson's snl is canceled and i'm like it's not canceled no. canceled means done gone it's ending its season a few weeks early like Okay, the writer strike is a big deal, but let's not be overly dramatic in our wording.
0: So the thing is, is that he was going to host SNL. Well, he's a writer; mm-hmm. he can't. Yeah, that's the way the writer strike works. Like he can't; he's not going to cross the line. Yeah, when he's a writer and he knows that this is, you know, he's wanting to help himself. Obviously, make more of the money, which I'm going to get into that. But the so thing- to
1: follow this up, and the people who suck the big studios, yeah, suck.
0: So the thing is, is that with him. He instead went and took pizza to all the people that were on the picket line, which I thought was cool.
1: Yeah, that's cool. They should be um, in solidarity. The actors should all be in solidarity with the writers, because without the writers, there's no nothing to say.
0: So the thing is, is that um, uh, there's a, a a guy who uh, this is his quote. His name is Justin Halburn. He's a writer. He said, "We're not asking studios to share in profits that aren't there. What we're saying simply is, is that." If this is a huge revenue generator for you, whether it be subscriptions or because of views, we would like to have an equitable share in that profit. Because what's happening is, is that the executives, we went to streaming during the pandemic and that became the primary thing. Like it's, they're making more money off of streaming than theaters are making. Like theaters are going out of business monthly, like shutting down. Yeah, And streaming is where everybody is going and i saw one of the stri- uh, one of the picket signs that said we kept you uh we kept you going through the pandemic because writers kept yeah. writing stuff and streamers kept streaming stuff and the thing is is that all these executives they got huge we're talking like netflix ceo 330 million dollars that he made during the pandemic yep. because of streaming and he can't give 2% to the writers mm-hmm. like he can't it's, because if without those writers, he wouldn't have made that money. The
1: wealth disparity in this country in every aspect, every way, shape, or form just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And that middle is going to fall out. And the middle class that's hanging on by a thread is going to be completely gone. And then what happens?
0: So in ten, year, 10 years ago, 33% of TV writers were paid at a minimum. 10 years ago. As of 21 and 22, it's now 49%. Wow. The median weekly writer-producer pay has declined 4% over the last decade, adjusting for inflation that decline is 23%. Meanwhile, executives yeah. are making $300 million a year. get
1: richer and everybody else gets poorer, no matter yep. what. And it's like, I don't understand, but they don't have to pay taxes. They don't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what do you think is going to happen when the writers stay on strike and you've got nothing? Oh, yeah, that's right. You've got what you just told me, AI in the writer's room. So it's like, that's all well and good that you keep going with AI, but the people that we're writing are not going to be able, no one's going to be able to afford your services. We're going to get to the point where, yeah, you might have AI doing it, but nobody is working to where nobody can do it. There's so much automation that's eventually going to really cause that bottom to drop
0: out. So Daniel Craig mentioned in an interview recently, since this strike has happened, And he talked about Quantum of Solace, which was Mm -hmm. his second James Bond film that was filming during the middle of the writer's strike. And he was like, I was on set trying to write dialogue. I'm not a writer. Yeah. Like, if you watch that movie, you have, if you want to watch all of his movies, you have to watch that movie because things that happen in that movie matter to the next movie. But it is a car wreck to watch. It's so hard to follow. There's things that don't make sense because literally they were rewriting scenes on set. That's so crazy. Um, the other thing I saw is, is that Deadpool 3 is about to start filming. Ryan Reynolds is a writer on the film. He cannot make edits to the film as they're, as they're editing because that's how the, that's how it works. With yeah. him being a writer, he can't make edits. If I was him, I'd be like, we're not. We're not filming. Well,
1: yeah, because you're at the third Deadpool, and I'm sure he's a huge writing contributor. Huge. Yeah.
0: Yeah, like it's his story, and and the the other main his main writing partner. It's like their story that they wrote. I mean, I also so,
1: think he could should stand with solidarity in the writers and.
0: Yeah. But the he's the an writers. actor as well. Yeah. So he's in that He's got he's got his feet in both yeah. both pi- But without the writers, there.
1: there is nothing for the actors to do. Exactly. I feel like that's what people don't understand. Like give them all they're asking for is their fair share.
0: Yeah. Like w- So the thing is is that uh another another person put out this thing. It says, Why hasn't any publication written an article titled Is the um I don't know what this stands for, unfortunately, Uh, AMTMP, which is for uh, movie producers and and Mm -hmm. that sort of thing, really going to shut down all of Hollywood, costing billions of dollars in economic damage over a mere 2% of their unprecedented profits. Yeah, Exactly. 2%. That's all the writers are asking for. 2%.
1: These billionaires are going to end up just, that's going to be it. They're going to have all that money, but they're not going to have, like, when their pipes burst in their house, they're not going to have anyone that's going to be able to come to fix it. When something happens to their car, they're not going to be able to take it anywhere to fix it because they don't think about, all they think about is wealth. It's like everyone's just freaking Scrooge McDuck diving in their gold coins. And it's like, what about everybody else?
0: Yep. Yeah, and, and the thing is, is with the writers, they they just want to be paid above a minimum. Yeah. They want some of the benefit that all of the higher-ups seem to be getting yeah. over what they're writing. They just want some of that. It's the like other, there's
1: the, nothing to act. There's nothing to produce. There's nothing to anything without the writers. They should be like held at high esteem.
0: Also, the other thing is, is that they put in all this work. They do a writer's room. Generally, from what I've listened to with Mark Bernardin and Kevin Smith talking about it on their podcast, a writer's room generally for a show will last anywhere from 5 to 12 weeks where they get all the writers together in a room. They storyboard everything. They come up with all their ideas. They write all their stuff, figure out who's writing what episode or for the movie, how they're writing the movie. They do all that, and then it starts to film. When they go into production for filming, those writers, if they wrote that episode, they show up on set to help make edits for dialogue to make things work and work with the director and the producers. With the writer's strike, now they're not going to set. Yeah. So there's nobody on set for that. The other thing is, is that these high-up executive producers that are making all this money, they decide, eh, we don't want to release that. We're going to just get a tax write-off for that. The writers then cannot use that as part of their resume because it never came out it sits in a vault somewhere and they don't get any credit for it and they can't put it on their resume and thus that then affects whether or not they can set talk about well, other it's like things or other time it's wasted time but like if it's a new writer and he wrote a show for paramount and then it gets put in a in a vault somewhere he or she and then they try to go somewhere else they don't have anything on the resume they don't. They haven't yeah. worked. They can't say that they. Well, I, well, I worked for Paramount, but not. But it never came out. Well, why didn't it come out? That well, sort because of thing.
1: Paramount are greedy bastards.
0: Yeah. So that's. I mean, our world is set up
1: too. for rich people to get ahead and everybody else to fall, and it's getting worse and getting worse and getting worse. Yeah,
0: and the and the writers don't make the kind of money that you think they make. They really don't. They, the, the writers are kind of like teachers in, in Hollywood. They don't get the the recognition they deserve. They don't get the pay that they deserve. It just does They don't. And they do what they, they, they write stuff because that's what the, they feel they're born to do. That's what they're good at. Yeah. And it's that whole phrase. If you do something you love for work, it'll never feel like work. And that's why they do what they do. Not to mention if they didn't yeah, do what they do. Yeah, they
1: still do. have mortgages to pay and car payments to pay and kids to pay for. And
0: Yeah. I mean, they they have stuff just like everybody else. So um, I, I hope the strike doesn't last that long. I know that there's a lot of shows that now we're at towards the end of the season where we're getting in. It's May, so we're getting into sweeps and all that kind of stuff. Um I hope that it doesn't last that long. But I if, hope
1: it lasts as long as it needs to for them to get what they deserve.
0: But at the same time, I mean, there's already shows that have definitely been canceled for the rest of the year because they didn't get finished filming. Ending. Yeah, they're ending. They're ending earlier than what they're supposed yeah. to. And and also during this, there will be shows that will get canceled and not come back. Yeah, That will happen. That happened last time.
1: And it Um, already just happened for the pandemic. So it's like we already lost a bunch of shows that would have been renewed at the pandemic and now this.
0: So uh, during the last uh, pandemic there or sorry, during the last writer's strike, there was uh, Lost season three. They had six episodes that they f- they filmed as quickly as they could. They knew the Rider Strike was coming, and they ended episode six on what would be considered a season-type finale because they didn't know when they were coming back, and it was 13 weeks wow. before they had another episode air. So this Rider Strike, it's not going to be short this time See,
1: around. See, it's okay that I took a break from Lost in season three because I'm basically doing it as <laughs> everyone else experienced it.
0: <laughs> very funny, very funny so uh yeah so that's
1: so if you guys have any questions about the writer strike please feel free to uh (laughs) reach out to steven ogle on facebook at redesign self on instagram (laughs) at yeah if we can say.com you know whatever
0: yeah um another speaking of another thing that annoys uh we went to see guardians 3 we're not going to talk about guardians 3 but uh yeah i flipped the order i have a reason um but uh we're not going to talk about Guardians Three. We're going to give that a few weeks. Uh, but we saw a trailer for a movie called Gran Turismo, yes. which is based on a video game, based on a true story as well. So, like, it's it's centered around the game, but based on a true story that happened about some about some kids and the game and some racing. We were twenty seconds into the trailer. You looked at me and what did you say?
1: I said, Wow, this is interesting. Like it's not something I would normally be interested in, but it was unique. I'm like, I've never seen this before. I'm actually interested in this because it looks like a unique story, like a finally something original.
0: And what did I say to you at the two and a half, three minute mark when the trailer was over?
1: I felt like we saw the whole movie. Exactly. Like I feel like I know that in the trailer they showed us where at least the end of act one is. And And what happens. And
0: Act Two. And Act Three.
1: I get that it's based off a true story. So maybe people in the gaming community know the story. But if you want to get other people, like they I don't I never heard of it. I had no idea. But it's like I just felt like you gave me way too much in the trailer. Like you took me all the way up to like the third act in the trailer. Yep. And I'm like, well, I feel like I already know what's gonna happen already because you know these type of movies. So it's like Stop making three minute long trailers that give me like half the movie or more.
0: They give you all the major beats. I feel like I
1: saw the whole thing already and I don't need to see the movie. And that's a bummer because I haven't seen Orlando Bloom's in it. I haven't seen him in a movie in forever. Um, David Harbour. If you know, Hop from Stranger Things, he's in it, and he looked really. He looked. I liked his character. Yeah. But I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm seeing so much of this movie. I hate the trailers. I Stephen was telling me that there's a movie theater by him, and I remember this too from when I was younger that they would show trailers before the movie started. Yeah. If the movie started at 4:30, then the movie started at 4:30, and you had to get there early to see the trailers. Where are those days? Why have? Why are they bygone?
0: Yeah. Um. For me. I, I will not see Gran Turismo. I have zero interest because of the trailer. Mm-hmm. I was 20 seconds in. If they had cut it then, I was ready. I'd have, I'd have been there probably the weekend I've been like, I got to see this movie. Maybe during the week after it came out. like I'd have been there for it. I'm like, not interested I'm in, in interested. any
1: movie. And I was like, oh, this is different. This is unique.
0: And one, by the end of that trailer, I was like, I've literally seen all the major beats of the movie. They've yep. given them all to me. Not only did they give them all to me, I feel like they gave them to me in order. Yeah, I do too. And I have zero interest. I will not see that movie. I like don't I saw, care.
1: we saw the trailer for Fast and the Furious Ten. I almost said three. What what year is it? And <laughs> yes, you see a lot of it. All the high like high spots, actions, whatever. But that's to be expected in one of those movies. Like I do think the trailers are too long, and they should not give you that much. But I'm like, I'll still see this movie with my family because they all want to see it. And I'm you already know that whatever happens in the end, Dom and the gang are gonna be victorious you already know that so it's just high. how high flying is it going to be though i will say i'm old school i i miss fast and the furious period where everything that happened in it could happen in real life <laughs> yeah. just like the first couple diehards they could happen in real life and then all of a sudden he's throwing a helicopter off a bridge
0: yeah they, literally
1: throwing it off a bridge
0: yeah they they long uh passed that since fast five so
1: you just have to kind of roll with it
0: yep So, uh, but yeah, the last thing on uh, people that annoy us. Well, there's two more. Is there two more?
1: Yeah, you didn't, I wrote, as you people know, we have our dry erase boards that I write notes. I wrote him a note and he completely did the opposite of what I said in the note, which was interesting. (laughs) And I was like, well, that's cool. (laughs) All right. So Um,
0: uh, yeah, pick the order you want to do this.
1: So Steven really likes a band called August Burns Red. Love them. He, if you guys recall, got the hoodie with the holes in it. And we reached out to August Burns Red because they handled their merch on their website. It took them. Oh, actually, they never responded to us, which I think is really
0: rude. Took a week.
1: And then, Stephen, we reached out to them again and said, can someone please get back to us on this? It's a $65 hoodie. And they basically said to Stephen, oh, we don't handle the merch that's at the shows. That's through somebody else. That's basically all they said. Yep. And I'm like, wow, that's a really crap answer. And then we're like, well, who can we reach out to about it? And I don't think they've ever replied back. So August Burns read, not a fan of that. Like you sold my husband a $65 hoodie that has two holes in it. And you don't don't even stand by it. You don't even care. You don't even say anything like, we'll reach out and try to see. We'll reach out and try to contact whoever it is for you and see if we can get get some resolution. Like you don't stand by your stuff. We're buying all this crap. All this, We're buying overpriced concert tickets. Then we're buying overpriced drinks and stuff at the concert ticket at the venue. And then we're buying overpriced items. $65 hoodie that you're just randomly pulling out of a box and giving to him. And so now I have to sit there and inspect everything before I get it because you're not going to stand by your stuff. Yeah. Very frustrating.
0: Yeah, I'm not happy because, like, you know, it was the show was over. I was literally one of the first people to the table, and I looked behind me, and there was probably 50 people behind me. Like the line was long, and I, I have never in my life. Purchased anything from a band at a table and inspected it before I left.
1: No, me neither. Who does?
0: I just made sure that like the images looked right and I and I walked away. If the like, size and it was is the wrong, right size. Yeah,
1: if the size is wrong, you get the wrong size and it doesn't fit right, that's your fault. But if you get an item and it has holes in it, if I bought an item at Target and had holes in it, I would take it back to Target and they would stand by it. What? It's just, you know, the wild, wild west when you buy merch at a show and it's like, who cares? You're spending an astronomical amount of money and nobody stands by it nobody cares about the quality of the goods
0: yeah i, I was not... i'll be
1: posting that picture and tagging them so they can see again their the rudeness yeah I've... and to just say oh we don't handle that i would never respond to somebody like that i would apologize there was no apology in the email
0: yeah and my my thing was is it like I, i've been a fan of them for 20 years they were doing their 20-year reunion tour that ricky and i went to i bought their first hoodie when it came out and this is their newest hoodie and i was like all right good uh, circle of circle of life here for for me seeing august burns cuz who knows when i'll see him again and and you know who knows if i'll ever buy anything of theirs again as far as being at a show cuz if i buy stuff like that i like to i like to buy it at the show um but yeah, man, that just sucks. I,
1: and like it, you bought cool. the shirt, it came home and sat in your closet and then went in your hoodie. suitcase, your hoodie, yep. then went in your suitcase to Tennessee and you put it on for the first time in Tennessee when we were there so you could wear it and holes.
0: Yeah. like I Like I,
1: we didn't, there was no way in which the holes were put in. from us
0: yeah zero zero way that that holes could have gotten in it from me
1: there's just a lot of ways you could have gone about it even if they said we can't get you the refund but we can give you a discount code to buy something on the website which I wouldn't have been 100% happy with but I'm just saying if you as a band want to be the ones that handle your merch then you need to learn how to handle your merch
0: yeah not cool man not cool uh speaking of frustrations at an event
1: oh lastly Lord
0: we went to see Nate Bragazzi no frustrations with Nate Bragazzi Nate Brigazzi cool as a cucumber oh man. my gosh dudegazzi
1: cool. was so good that was our second time seeing him live yeah, yeah. and we've seen uh, a short special and three other specials that he's yeah. done. And this live, and the last time we saw him was in like August of last year. In Toledo. And it was all new material. He has an opener that, one of his openers plays a guitar and he is just god awful. And he also did the same exact material as we saw him at the Toledo show. Yeah. And I'm like, Nate is the main event and he was able to pull together a fully new show, but you're giving me your guitar crap like he was awful Yep. other two openers were good I don't remember their names to be honest but yeah Nate Bragazzi was hilarious he is great it's concerning to me that he finds guitar man funny but I'm gonna let that go
0: yeah so we... but
1: he's hilarious we recommend all of his specials seeing him yeah as you know
0: he's fantastic uh we went to the Fox
1: yeah Fox Theater in Detroit
0: so far in the last six months I have been to uh royal oak music theater saint andrews the fillmore uh the fox um i feel like i'm missing something i've been somewhere else oh we've been to token lounge well they don't have metals they don't have they don't even empty they don't have you empty your pockets or nothing no. but uh we went into the show and metal detectors cool gotta empty your pockets right awesome uh emptied my pockets And put them in the basket, walk through the metal detector, no problem. And then the guy goes through my stuff in the basket and he goes, oh, he picks up my fingernail clippers. Now, folks, I feel like at this point, what I'm about to tell you, I feel like as a society, we are lost. Oh, boy. It's over as a society. Oh, my God. It is over. The guy looks at my fingernail clippers that has a metal file on it and he goes... Uh, I'm sorry, sir, I'm going to have to, uh, you can't, you can't take these in there. And I said, really? He goes, yeah, you could stab somebody with this. And I literally thought to myself, if I was going to stab somebody with a metal, uh, metal file from fingernail clippers, I mean, the amount of effort that I would have to go to. To stab someone with that. I
1: guess it literally. How sharp it is.
0: I mean, literally, I deserve whatever punishment is coming to oh me, possibly gosh. even death, if I'm going to choose to try to stab someone with a metal file that's on fingernail clippers, which, mind you, is not even sharp. It's dull as can be.
1: Maybe he doesn't know who you are. It could be like in a movie, like Jason Bourne's just going to see a show, but he's really going to kill somebody with an A-file.
0: I I looked at the guy and I was like, fine, dude, I don't care. If you want to take him, just take him. I don't care. Like, like, it because like, it, it pissed me off. Oh,
1: yes. For the first 20 minutes before the show started, like, he I, just sat next to me oh. seething, complaining about the Clippers. I saying,
0: have been into so many venues over the last 20 years.
1: Including the Fox Theater, to be honest. And it's
0: never, never been taken. Oh, my God. He's I've fired never up. had All my right. fingernail All Clippers right. taken. Not once.
1: Let's everybody take a beat. And By everybody, I mean the you.
0: The only conclusion that I could come oh, to God. is that this guy needed some fingernail clippers. <laughs> he couldn't go to Walmart or Kroger or Meyer and buy his own. I mean, granted, he's checking a metal detector at the Fox. So, I mean, he's probably not making that much money. All so. right,
1: don't be an elitist.
0: I'm not being elitist. I'm just, I'm, I'm being a jerk because this guy was a jerk. It's stupid. There's no way. He had to. He just needed fingernail clippers. So, first, clippers. Stephen, he or, wanted
1: some some strangers' fingernail clippers that they've been using on their fingers yep. for himself, or to give to his wife, is or, or girlfriend or, or, girlfriend. or boyfriend.
0: What, I don't know. I'm, I don't care. what
1: I had to hear for twenty minutes before the show. I had to pull up Amazon and order the man two pairs of clippers while we were sitting there just to satiate him. We
0: are lost as a society. If you are taking somebody's fingernail clippers after going through a metal detector for a con- for not even a concert for a comedy show we're lost as a society it's over burn it all down start all over
1: was getting fired up i had to, i was just recoiled in my headphones because he came in so hot so we saw at the we saw that at the fox so obviously the fingernail clippers and then i will say also at the fox it's a be, it's a beautiful venue every one of the comedians commented on that yep but for advertising purposes on the top of the stage it had two and the right and left in giant caps in lights it said Comerica. Yeah. For advertising. It was so freaking distracting. It took away from the beauty of the theater. I've never seen that during a play or anything. So maybe they thought just for this. I received a survey from Fox last week and they asked me how the show was I said the show was great they asked if there was you know anything else to say about the theater and I commented on Comerica I said I feel like that was a bit much it was a bit um obnoxious to have those giant words distracting up there like we the takes tig- so this is supposed to be a beautiful theater and you've got giant advertising up there I said also my, my husband had a very bad experience going through security when his nail clippers were stolen he was very upset as we have gone to the fox before and he has been able to take them in <laughs> i don't even think anyone reads these but i stood up for you even though i think you're nuts
0: freedom hill last summer they yeah. didn't take my nail clippers no. pine knob last summer didn't well, take my ironically nail clippers. enough Comerica even... park didn't take my nail clippers for uh, a tigers game oddly that's enough, all i'm saying it,
1: oh my gosh may i say something quickly please They generally don't even go off in the metal detector, which is the irony. I've told you before just to leave them in your pocket and see what happens. And, ugh. This
0: is... Yeah, I'm not emptying my pockets anymore. I'm just walking through the well, mail. I'll anyone... take my phone out and I'll set it down and then I'm walking through the I look forward
1: locker. to being on the local news one evening. You guys keep an eye out for us.
0: We are. Society is over, folks.
1: Oh my God.
0: Society is over.
1: That's what does it for you. All the stuff happening in the world, everything going on with bigotry and racism and...
0: My point is a very simple point. Fingernail no clippers are like the most minuscule thing in the world. And if that's what they're picking out and that's what they're caring about over what little you just said, over the bigger things, and they care about fingernail clippers, yes, we're lost as a society. It's over. Let it go. Let it go. It's not, I mean, come on. If you can take it on a plane, you can take it into a venue. Fingernail clippers has never been taken from me in the airport.
1: As you can see, he's very attached it's to his ins- fingernail clippers.
0: It's insane to me that something so small it is so important. It's like no it's fingernail clippers, dude. Come on. Let it just somebody might move say on. the
1: same thing to you, like it's just fingernail clippers, Steven.
0: Yes, but my point is is that if you're gonna go after the thing that's so minuscule when there's so many bigger things going on.
1: Right. We're like lost. I feel like you probably could have brought a gun in there at this point. Yeah. But they will let you in with a gun over fingernail clippers. Welcome to America. Yep. Open carry and everyone's dead.
0: Yep. In Tennessee. Yay. In Tennessee, open carry, no license, no training. You can literally just walk in willy nilly. I don't even think you have to conceal it in Tennessee. No, I think you. You can just, just walk right into a grocery store carrying a gun. I think you can
1: just spin it around on your finger as you're shopping for apples.
0: Yep. Be like in the old west where you're uh, test, getting yourself ready for a, for a shootout and you're just spinning your guns around. You w- Welcome walk down to the aisle.
1: America bullets over people oh, all okay. right
0: I'm embar- I'm embarrassed that I'm from Tennessee but that's another story Ugh. anywho so that is well that was a, quite a long segment that was
1: a long segment so I think we only have time for one more segment.
0: Yep, so uh, we're going to jump because into... Because I knew
1: I knew he was going to go off, and <sighs> when the nail clippers came up, I knew he was going to be a lunatic. You guys, his face was turning crimson as I, I was watching him. Mm. I can't stand 20 stupidity. 20 minutes I had to sit next to him at that, in the Fox Theater hearing about fingernail clippers and how the world is doomed, and that's the last straw for him, and society is over.
0: I do not have... And
1: I was like, is there anyone serving drinks to the seats?
0: <laughs> I do not have any tolerance for ignorance stupidity and ridiculousness. Well, I don't know how you are living in this world. That was all of it, all in one. So uh let's
1: turn the tables on to something more entertaining and something more fun. Yeah. So this was a good weekend. We did a bunch of our so we as you know the last two weekends we were kind of in Tennessee. Yep. Then we had just this weekend and the next weekend I'm having a bunch of family come into town um so we had to get our yard work done so we we're gonna do it Saturday and I was like you know what let's just do it Friday after work we're already going we're already yeah so we did got all of our yard work out he cut the lawn we got our chairs out we had our first fire it was really nice like I feel like it was kicking off our fires and summer and all of that yeah so we did all of that so we didn't have to do it Saturday so you went and got a haircut we went out to eat we just kind of Hung out, we watched a movie during the day. Oh my gosh, that was just just seemed wow, crazy. And (laughs) a movie that you picked. I know. And then we went to, we'll talk about that in a later episode and then we went to my parents my mom and i had shopping plans and steven and my dad had wwe backlash plans
0: yeah they were in puerto rico first time in 18 years man yeah. that crowd was hot 16000 that- plus that crowd was insane the whole, they didn't i don't think they sat down the whole we, show so
1: my mom and i went to tj Maxx right when i got there and then we went to target and we were just shopping around i think we got home at like 930 and i was in the kitchen helping her put stuff away and there were a couple times like the crowd was cheering so crazy like i had to like walk into the living room and be like what is like what who's out what's going on cuz they were like losing oh, their minds
0: yeah i mean man it was a great show that crowd was on fire for them they were ready it was it was awesome uh, people got cheered that don't normally get cheered which is fun when they go international uh bianca belair defending her raw women's championship she's the baby face against eo sky um EO Sky got cheered like crazy and Bianca got booed I've every time she did something. I've never seen Bianca crazy. booed never. ever. Like nope.
1: Bianca is you love you can't not love her. She's yeah. fun and energetic and She's well spoken, and she's cute, and she's she's just everything. She's like the total package of like the good guy baby face, and they just were not having it apparently.
0: And the thing is, is that uh, your dad and I were looking at each other during that match, and I looked at your dad, and I said, "These ladies are gonna walk back through that curtain and go follow that. Yeah, have fun, follow that, because that crowd was on fire for them."
1: Was that the only women's match?
0: No, there was uh, Rhea and Zelina Vega. Oh, that's right. Which Zelina Vega is from Puerto Rico. Uh, she was she, she came out with a cape that uh, that had two sticks in it, and when she raised her arms up with the sticks, it was the Puerto Rican flag. Man, talk about cool. That girl, so they were on SmackDown as well in the same venue on Friday night, and she could not hide her excitement. Oh, my
1: God. She was, like, grinning ear to ear.
0: She couldn't hold it back, and I don't blame her. It was it was absolutely awesome to see. And
1: all her family was there because yep. she's from Puerto Rico.
0: yeah. And uh man, she was just excited. So then when she came out with that flag, she was emotional being yeah. in front of her crowd. They were cheering for her. Even when her music stopped, like they still kept cheering for her. Like yeah. uh yeah. It it took it took her a minute to get into the match because she was emotional being in front of her and it, because her dad uh wrestled Bruno San Martino mm. when he was a wrestler. So her dad is is also known in the business, but he's also from Puerto Rico yeah. and her dad has passed away. Uh, he unfortunately died during nine 11. Um, so there's that going on with her as well. Yeah. And like, so now she's in front of what would be considered her dad's hometown crowd. Do
1: you think they were in Puerto? Do you think they would have been in Puerto Rico if not for their relationship? They've cultivated with bad bunny. I don't think so. I don't think so either. So ba- I don't know if bad you guys bunny. know who bad bunny is, but he's like an international music star. Big, bigger in like Puerto Rico and like Spanish language and things like that but people here know him as well he's i guess Steven says has the most streams on Spotify ever and he's a huge star and he's been collaborating with WWE for the past couple of years and training for matches and things like that and he's from Puerto Rico
0: he has over 148 million fans and followers on social media he has had over 18 billion streams on Spotify last year just last year 18 billion like that is astronomical this dude is not just like a music star he is the music star like people talk about Taylor Swift and Beyonce they are small pond yeah she like Bad Bunny is absolutely he is exactly the biggest music star in the world and has been for years
1: as americans like to silo ourselves and think that what we have is the best the way our society is is the best two thumbs down by the way and whatever we have in entertainment is better than every everything else but bad bunny like surpasses that like we are not the only country out there we there's other things going on
0: bad bunny in the last month headlined two nights in a row at coachella which is one of the biggest music festivals in the world that is in the United States, but it's one of the biggest in the world. He headlined two nights in a row. He headlined the Met Gala, which is the big Hollywood glitz and glamour thing where they wear all the crazy outfits and stuff that's, you know...
1: It's like a complete waste and flagrant showing of wealth. But he
0: headlined that, and he had enough time to train and get himself ready for a match. Plus, he showed up on a couple of Monday Night Raws during all this, and... Was it did a 25 30 minute match with Damian Priest? He's in a Puerto hard Rico. worker, in, yes. In
1: every one of those, oh, he looked great. How old is he?
0: Uh, he's in his 20s. That dude's You've... living the dream right now. Oh, yeah. So, and
1: he's working his butt off for it, like yes. he's not,
0: yeah, no, he. He is one of the best celebrities to be a part of wrestling since Mike Tyson.
1: And I think it's cool that collaboration with him brought them to Puerto Rico for the first time in 18 years that the fans clearly wanted it. Yep. And you've got the representation of him and Damian Priest and Selena Vega. And you sa- there was somebody else that popped in during...
0: Oh, uh, Savio Vega showed up, which uh, if you're an old school wrestling fan, you know Savio Vega. Like, man, he was so fun to watch. I've heard Stone Cold talk about uh, when he went back to the WWF before he became uh, uh, Stone Cold, he was the ringmaster, and he worked a program with Savio Vega, and he's like, it was some of the easiest work I've ever worked in my life because this guy could do anything. Yeah. He was so great to work with and so fun to work with. Like, when he talks about some of his favorite people, he always talks about Savio Vega. Uh, And Savio Vega, like, he's got, he does a little bit of martial arts. He's got a spinning heel kick, and, like, he still, he did all that stuff. It was great. Like, Finn and and, uh, Dominic Mysterio, both, like did interaction with him yeah. in the aisleway go into the ring or whatever during the bunny uh bad bunny and Damian Priest match, which was a street fight, so pretty much anything goes.
1: And Bad Bunny was victorious.
0: Yeah. Which was cool. Yeah. Uh man, any it's other just,
1: matches that winner? Um,
0: the Well it's it's hard to talk about WWE and not mention Seth Rollins. That dude is absolutely insanely he's over cool. everywhere he goes.
1: He's really cool. He's different. His outfits different. His gimmick is kind of different. He's sort of like he's eccentric in yes. his gimmick. I feel like he'd be like your eccentric uncle coming to like Thanksgiving, and you'd be like, "What is this guy gonna say?" But I can't
0: wait. He is, he is on top of the world. Yeah. Like if it was not who, if it was not for Roman Reigns right now, Seth Rollins would be the man.
1: Well, I hope he gets it. Well, his wife is the man.
0: His wife is the man. Back That's England. true. That's true. Which we um, need, she needs to come back. Uh, but, so who did he wrestle? He wrestled Omos, the mm. six foot five. Wait, is he six five? No, he's not Sorry, he's seven foot three or seven foot four. Nigerian giant is what they call him. He is huge. Oh. I mean huge who won that one seth rollins won the match was great and the thing is is that omos now has worked with brock lesnar at wrestlemania and then the next pay-per-view worked with seth rollins um and prior to working at wrestlemania he worked with bobby lashley on pay-per-views they're gearing him up for something omos is about to get a huge push and it's going to be great because he is working well for a big man he is doing great cool um so i'm excited to see where he goes but yeah seth rollins over like crazy um, the main event, Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar. Admittedly, I was not excited for this match. Um, I, I've i seen the buildup. The buildup was great because Brock pretty much turned on Cody with no word, no explanation, and still hasn't explained himself for three weeks.
1: He doesn't have to. He's Brock Lesnar. He's so cool.
0: I mean, And I just – I half expected a squash match. I half expected for this whole thing with Cody Rhodes that he's going to lose to Brock and he's going to go to the bottom and then he's going to have to work his way back up. And Cody jumped him before the match started and started beating him up outside. And Brock is one of those guys that is extremely, in my opinion, underrated on his ability to understand the business, understand selling for somebody, and understand working with however big or small the person he's working with. He's
1: always seamless, too. Like, he leaves for a while, and he comes back, and he just gets in, and he does what he needs to do, and then he gets back out for a little while. And it's just, like, always perfect timing. Everything he does is perfect and seamless. Though last night, I think that match ended a little early.
0: He So at a certain point, uh, Cody Rhodes... uh, accidentally pulled accidentally pulled the uh turnbuckle pad off the top yeah, turnbuckle right. and Jerk. and uh well Brock Lesnar went into it face first at one point now i don't think that he was supposed to go in as hard as he went cuz he think gashed so. his he gashed his forehead and i'd say within about 7 or 8 seconds He had what is called a crimson mask. If you don't know what that is, look up Ric Flair crimson mask. Look up Shawn Michaels crimson mask. Britt Baker. Britt Baker crimson mask. Literally Brock's face was covered in blood. He was gushing. Yeah. Yeah. And I was and like, Head wounds bleed whoa. a lot. You
1: can't really stop them. Like you can't no. you can't keep going for a long time in a match when someone can't see with blood in their eyes and it doesn't stop.
0: Like at WrestleMania when Finn Balor and Edge had their Hell in a Cell match, Finn Balor got busted open and got fourteen staples put in his head during the match. Yeah, they managed to cover that somehow, and I don't well, know how that that they because did that. There were still. so many
1: people in that match. There wasn't just one-on-one, so there was other stuff happening in the ring while he's over there getting his head stapled.
0: Yeah, so...
1: Which is just insane to me. People can say whatever they want about wrestling. They can talk whatever they want about it. It it gets very frustrating to me because of my history with it and my knowledge of it and my family when people are, are just... If people are saying something and they're asking a real question, that's fine. But if they're just being like ignorant about it, it's very rude because you can say what you want. But that guy got the top of his head busted open. He's bleeding in a match. He sticks his head out of the ring. They put staples in it and he gets back in the match. And you want to tell me that's not real? That's not really something that's happening? Don't even. Yeah. Don't even come at me.
0: Yeah. And so Brock, Brock's an MMA guy. He went to the UFC. Yeah. He's bled before, like who? He, he who knows won that match. Cody Rhodes won that match, Boo. and but Cody Rhodes won it in a way that was very Bret Hart like, in a way in which Brock Lesnar had him in a submission hold, and Cody rolled him in a way in which put Brock Lesnar's shoulders to the mat for three seconds and got him, and Brock kicked kicked it three and a half, three and a quarter.
1: You probably cheated.
0: Um and. And then Cody Stupid immediately Cody, Cody immediately rolled out of the ring and got into the alleyway and got out of there. Which what that tells me is is that this is not over. Which it shouldn't be. No, this, Brock's is, a, this is a good feud.
1: Break him in half.
0: This is a good. I would say this is a good feud because we still don't know why Brock turned on Cody. We there's a lot we still don't know. I was. Not, I don't see why anyone wouldn't turn on Cody. I will say that um, that was the main event. And I, the only problem that I had was is that I didn't think that the crowd was going to be any more excited for anybody other than Bad Bunny. And I felt like Bad Bunny main eventing would have got the biggest pop of the night. I was they wrong. Are, oh. I was wrong. He got a huge pop. Like, they sang his music and everything. But I don't know that his pop was bigger than the pop for Brock Lesnar when he came out. My dad People told popped you. for him. They love Brock Lesnar. And your dad has turned me around on Brock Lesnar. I talked to him about this last night. When him and I first started watching wrestling together, you know, in 2019, we talked about Brock Lesnar. I was like, oh, I'm just so sick of him. He shows up. He keeps the title. He has it for too long. It's always about the title, blah, 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 blah. And your dad has been like slowly turned me to the fact that like when Brock Lesnar shows up, I know that what I'm about to see is going to be really good because he's really smart. He knows exactly so what he's doing. There's a lot doing.
1: more that goes into wrestling than just what you see as a fan and if you can start to get into the psychology of it a little bit yeah. then it's more entertaining to watch.
0: Yes. And he he's very smart to the business. Yeah. Everything he does is calculated and that's what made that main event great. Like he got busted open but it didn't it did not phase him. Yeah. Not no, at all. Not at all. He kept He's doing like, what... like,
1: oh, been there, done that.
0: You know, when the match was over, like, the ref got out of the ring. Like, he was scared because Brock got up, you know, mad because yeah. uh, because of the pinfall. And then the ref just, like, threw a white towel at him and then ran off. Yeah. And I, was, I looked at your dad and I was like, even that's cool.
1: I would love to be a ref.
0: Even the ref selling the fact that Brock Lesnar looks really angry. I'm getting out of here. Like, yeah. that was cool. And then Brock, like, that's, then he finally wiped his face off. But he wiped his face off, and then, like, you could immediately see how big the gash was yeah. on his on his head. Like, I haven't seen a gash like that in WWE in a long time. And as far as, like, AEW, that would be Don Callis. Don Callis got cracked open because yeah. his head landed on a camera le- or a light leg. Yeah. Yeah one of those legs like they, they got the tripod legs yeah. or whatever for lights and he got he fell down and gashed that thing oh man he he bled like a stuffed pig too well overall
1: you'd say backlash was good
0: absolutely like your dad cool. texted about it this morning it was a great pay-per-view nice. i thought so, not not that like not to discount puerto rico but like i just thought it was going to be a throwaway pay-per-view after wrestlemania like not a throwaway, but I just didn't think no. it was going to be as big because the matches didn't look as like. I was like, I'm I'm excited for some of these matches, but I just didn't know what I was going to get. Sound like and it matched
1: WrestleMania pretty good.
0: It, yes, and and a lot of that is because of that crowd. Yeah, that crowd Changes was it. ready to go. Also, so, also one final thing on the show that was cool, and they did this for SmackDown as well. WWE had a drone that they flew in from the front lobby. Mm-hmm. They. F- flew it like to start the show camera on it they flew it through the lobby up into the upstairs and through the hallway that goes right out into the arena and then around the arena to start the show and that was cool as hell man i was like they need to be doing this kind of stuff on a regular basis that was very cool and they 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 started both smackdown on friday and backlash on saturday they started it the same way which was which was cool
1: All right. Well, as I mentally predicted at the start of the show, your beginning section and rant went as long as I had anticipated. Therefore, we have to completely scrap what we planned for the entertainment section. And this week's entertainment will solely be album anniversaries as we're heading to the end of the episode. Woohoo! Alright. What do you got for album anniversaries?
0: Well, we can't leave the people without some albums to oh, listen to I this know. week. Um, so last week, I missed the 20-year anniversary of Fallout Boy's first album, Take This to Your Grave.
1: I thought Under the Cork Tree was the first one.
0: No, that was her second one. Oh. Um, and I, I, I missed I missed that anniversary, so I need to uh, mention that as well. So follow up by Take This to Your Grave, 2003. All right. Well, what's for um, this week? 20-year anniversary. Um, this week, we got two albums by a band called Weezer. Oh,
1: nice. Which ones?
0: Um, The 29th year anniversary of the Blue Album from wow. 1994. How is
1: that 29 years? No. I know. Yeah. No. Move on. I can't even think about yep, it. Yep,
0: yep. Uh, and their other album, the Green Album, 22-year anniversary. I
1: feel like we'll probably end up going to the Weezer show, but it's going to be like a game time decision like Maren Morris was.
0: Or, I mean, maybe maybe Live Nation will be doing that $25 thing. We, can, we need to see oh, if they're on yeah, that list too. yeah, when is too. that? That's today and tomorrow. All right. Pay
1: attention, guys. On Live Nation, today and tomorrow they're having oh, this is gonna this is gonna air it's, after It's that. actually
0: supposed to be this whole week. Okay, this but whole week. But it starts week. Sunday and Monday. Granted, this comes out on Tuesday, but as far as I know, it's supposed to be all week. Thirty eight hundred shows.
1: Twenty five dollar tickets. Now I don't know if that's gonna be like lawn seats, crappy seats, whatever, but take a look. Yeah. I know after this episode he's gonna make me do it. So
0: one hundred percent. All right, what's next? Um we've mentioned several times. Wait, what's
1: the other Weezer album?
0: Uh the green album.
1: Oh, sorry, you did say that.
0: Yep, uh, and that one's from two thousand one. Uh, a, ba- a song that we have talked about quite a few times. It's uh, it it goes back to the beginning of our relationship. Um, it's a song called "New Light" by John Mayer, came mm. out in two thousand eighteen,
1: and then went on an album from two thousand twenty one.
0: Yeah, man, but we're not talking Lazy. about that. We're Lazy ta- Mayer. We're, we're not talking about that. Um, the Black Crows, Ooh, the wow. Southern Harmony and Musical Companion. Nice. That's the uh, uh, Mama I'm Show sure Hard to Handle Now, Mess Around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That's like that's it. some good stuff right there. Uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan's second album, Couldn't Stand the Weather from 1984. Nice. 39 years. Wow. 39 years. If you have not listened to Couldn't Stand the Weather, uh, go listen to it. it. It is fantastic. It's got blues on it. He's got a little jazz number in there. Uh, man, it's just... Mm. Stevie Ray Vaughan nice. and Double We're Trouble. We're
1: Stevie Ray Vaughan fans in this house. Yep.
0: Um, and then the uh, last one on my list is uh, a band or, or, or an artist. Uh, he has played upright bass, mandolin, banjo, guitar. Um, his Chris name Steely? is His name is Mark Schatz. Oh, he actually. used to play upright bass for Nickel Creek. Um, Steppin' in the Boiler House, 17 uh, year anniversary of this album, of which um, Jess used a song. On this album to be her uh, walk down the aisle. Oh yeah. Called Black Mountain Air. Listen to
1: it. It's very nice. I I don't know, is that something like most brides plan? Like I wanna walk down the aisle to this. I mean, usually it's Canon D, gag me with a spoon. But nonetheless, <laughs> I was just like, he's like, What are you gonna walk down to? I said, I have no idea, pick something for me and yeah. he picked me that, and yeah. I, it was really pretty.
0: Yeah, because if if you listen to that podcast, I, I used my dad's. Yeah, uh, you
1: walked down to da- your music by your dad, and I used that one.
0: Yeah, I used my dad's song, Wildwood Haven, uh, which is an instrumental song that was on his album called Sparrow. Uh, I used that, and then uh, we were just looking for stuff for you and something yeah. instrumental and something kind of in that vein, and we used Mark yeah. Schatz. Uh, Mark Schatz. Thank you, Mark. Super talented musician um been playing music for a long time like i said guitar bass mandolin claw hammer banjo regular style three finger picking banjo he does it all he's he's i was wondering was it re-
1: was it also the three regular picking style yeah, yeah, yeah he
0: he does it all he's <laughs> man he's a very talented musician but uh i found out about him from my dad so very cool um, but yeah he's 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 pretty cool so yeah 17 years on stepping in the boiler house i highly recommend he's got two albums um, but that one is, that's his second album. Um, Very cool. But yeah, so that's our album anniversaries this week. Man, we, uh, Well, thank you all for time listening. Flies.
1: A lot of ranting.
0: Yeah, you know, but, I, you know, we don't normally talk about things in a negative light on this podcast, but it, th- there's some things that's just added up, and I felt like it's time to have a rant.
1: Yeah, we needed a people who suck section. Yeah. So, you know, every now and again, we'll have that. Yeah. But thank you for listening. Ta- talk about us to your friends. Like, listen, subscribe. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, WordPress. If we can just say 918 at gmail.com, wherever you can find your podcasts, please reach out to us. Say something to us. Tell us something you like or you don't like. Keep those don't likes to a minimum I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening, everybody.
0: I believe that's all we can say this week.
1: Bye, y'all. Testing one, two.
0: Testing three,
1: four. What, what? What, what?
0: what, what? what, what whoo?
1: Whoo? Who? Sofa's staring at me, and like her, her ears are tuning in as I'm making <laughs> noises. She's
0: tuning in. Hopefully, everybody else did too. What,
1: what? Nailed it, baby.